The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, this is the Napsack Files. I'm Ken Napsack, and we are just on a roll with interviews. Finally got some interviews back up. It was a staple of the podcast feed, and then you know how hard it is in this town to pull people in for interviews, and then all of a sudden, all my schedule's lined up, and I got some wonderful guests. I hope you guys enjoyed the Van William interview, the great singer-songwriter, rock star, rock star, musician, Rock, rockzition, rockzition. I'm creating a new term, uh, and he's on tour now. So I hope you guys checked out that episode. Some more guests coming here in May, and I am excited. This one was one of those ones where I had trouble scheduling. It was not her fault. It was me. Every guy, I, I just didn't. My schedule didn't open up. But finally, uh, she is a former friend. Well, not former friend. <laughs> former coworker and and current friend and always friend from Screen Junkies behind the scenes. But now she stepped out into the spotlight. This is. Parker Roberts. Hi. I'm sorry. You're you're always going to be my friend. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That was. Thank you. Oh, oh, I'm glad already. I made the cut. Sweating already. <laughs> and uh, Parker, you you are you were uh, we are connected forever, Screen Junkies, because mm-hmm. I started, and then shortly after you started, and I like I like I met you in your first hour, right? Yes. You were like okay. in the hallways at the other office. This. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're like, you're gonna be working this this uh, this girl for a while. I was like, hi, I'm nervous and scared you're like i'm hanging in there yep i was like i've met too many people to register that i even know and you you had just moved here yeah i'm fascinated by this town uh uh, a young person adrift in la Mm -hmm. making it (laughs) making it work uh what where where'd you come from and what brought you out here well i um i'm originally from memphis tennessee so i grew up um there and then yeah yeah, i i know that i know that answer yeah i'm just like every time i hear it yeah it's crazy memphis was uh not my favorite place ever um (laughs) (laughs) but uh, i went to school in nashville so i went to school Uh, to like a music business slash music school primarily um and so i thought initially i wanted to do music business but um ended up kind of falling in love with like the tv world and then eventually into youtube um and i did a semester out here while i was in college Mm. and fell in love with LA and knew I wanted to come back. And so I went home for three months after graduation and applied for like 300 jobs. Not even joking. And then, um, I actually had a couple interviews and like all in one week. And so yeah. we kind of pulled the plug and we're like, all right, let's do it. Let's just like up and move. And so yeah. me and my dog moved out. And the day I moved into my apartment, I got the call for Defy. Yeah. So it was like, I kind of like took a, took a leap and ended up working out. So you, what you're saying right there. And, uh, you know, I just recently celebrated, uh, an older birthday. You're, (laughs) you're, you're a different generation from me, but, but I, what you've just said in the matter of two minutes here, you have said some amazing things. And do you even realize the leap of faith uh, that you take? Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Is that, is that daunting to stop and go, Oh, like I, I just jumped off that uh, that that swing and rope bridge, yeah. caught the rope, swung to the other side, and oh, I'm yeah. safe. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was crazy. The three months after I graduated college were really tough because mm-hmm. it was like I didn't realize how hard it would be to get a job. And yeah. even though I was like extremely active in school, did a lot of work, like a lot of award shows in Nashville, and working in the mm-hmm. country music industry. I had a lot of connections, but like my family wasn't in the entertainment industry. Yeah. I didn't do anything. Like I didn't have any connection to LA other than the internships I had done while I was here. So it was like, 
I have to kick my own ass as hard as possible to get there if I want to. And like, even though my parents were kind of like, it's going to be so far away, like you're moving and you're going to be by yourself because I don't have any family here. Right. They were, they were like, you just, they're like, if you can do it, if you can save the money and you can move out there, you can do it. And I just knew it was what I wanted and it knew it was where I needed to be. And I was like, well, I guess we're going to do this. We're going to do it. And then once that, like, I had like four interviews in the same week and I was like, all right, I think I can finally like take the chance of going and then yeah. it ended up working out. So it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Though. It's, cause you, <laughs> but you, it's not just, it's not just college kid wants to go take on the world. That's part of it too. And that's hard. Like you said, that's hard. Yeah. You get a college, but no matter what you study, no matter what your industry, Jobs aren't just they're waiting for anybody. They're not waiting for me. They're not waiting for you. You got to go out and get it. But then also, you you had gone in to study the music industry. Mm-hmm. What what were you planning to do? What, what did you think at one point? This is what I want to do in the music industry. Yeah, um, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I yeah. music was kind of my first love. That's how I always describe it as. And you know, I really like huge Taylor Swift fan. Which if, <laughs> we're going to discuss the Taylor <laughs> Swift thing. Yeah, which but, is a good thing. Yeah, but she kind of was what you know, made me fall in love with the music industry. Mm-hmm. And I had always loved Nashville and I knew that that was where I was headed and there's so much music there. It's so a great city. It's a wonderful city. And yeah. I, you know, got there and, and realized, um, we, the school that I went to was Belmont university and they had a music business program and then they had an entertainment industries program. Um, and so basically the music business was a business degree, which means I had to take accounting and I was yeah. like, I don't <laughs> yeah, want to yeah, take yeah. accounting. And so I went the entertainment, um, industry route um, because it was more like widely focused and just music. Right. Um, but I thought maybe I would end up in um, something related to award shows and like live events. Um, live, live event producing yeah. and everything. Yeah. And I always knew like I did some producing in high school and then, you know, did some stuff throughout college and thought that's where I'd end up. But then kind of fell in love with YouTube and realized you could work in YouTube. Yeah. And then was like, oh, it's viable. Okay. It's a thing that you can do. So. Yeah, so I still love music, but I think YouTube kind of took over. I connect with what you're saying in the sense of I started going to, to junior college in Santa Maria, California, mm-hmm. studying film production, screenwriting. I want to be a director. I want to be George Lucas, right? I love yeah. Star Wars. And then I was like, wait a minute. There's so many things in this that aren't related to just sitting on set. I'm out. Yep. Um, yep. But when you're going through – and this is, again, the, the first two minutes are, are fascinating, uh, what you've just described me. To like even I at my uh, my, I'm not saying at my age like I'm an advanced age, but just like a career (laughs) a career late. I'm in my 40s now, and I had a career change at 38, 39. Even though it was one I always was prepared for and wanted, I left a secure job and everything. But it's it's that point when you know something you're going for isn't doing it for you anymore or Mm -hmm. isn't at all. Can you take me to that moment where you're like? I had this maybe at one point a vision of what I wanted to do. Produce yeah. Taylor Swift's uh, biggest show in the world, right? right Great yeah. goal. But this isn't stoking any fires for me. Take yeah. me to that moment when you're like, I need to change. Yeah. Well, I think it was when I realized that the music industry was so volatile. Sounds terrible. Thing, no. It's 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 That's a lot true. of having to fight your way tooth and nail to get what you want. And it's a lot of grunt work and it's a lot of, you know, you see a lot behind the scenes that you don't necessarily see as a fan that you're like, I don't really think this is what I want to be involved in. And I enjoyed it, but I think what changed for me was realizing just how much I loved YouTube. Mm -hmm. And, and then once I realized like, Oh, I can still love music and I can still participate in this side of the world. But like the YouTube side of things is where I was like, this is new and interesting and different. And 
because it's all self-made. And I think I was attracted to the fact that it was self-made. What, what, what exactly about the set? Just you didn't have to... There's uh, no barrier. No barrier. Oh, yeah. look at that. Yeah, it's it, there's no, you know, you don't have to have a studio behind you mm-hmm. in any way. There's no one up above you telling you what you can and can't do. And I, you know, like my whole life kind of was like a very independent kid and, you know, kind of took care of myself in a lot of ways. So the idea of something that was self-made was mm-hmm. like, oh, I can make it into anything I want it to be. Mm. And so when I realized that there were all these people who were building their careers to be exactly what they wanted to be without somebody telling them how to do it, I was like, that's really attractive to me. And so I think that was what the switch was, was like, oh, I could do some form of what I want to do, but like have it be totally mine. I am, uh, I'm fascinated by a lot of what you're saying already. It's, 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 there's a lot of knowledge in, in what you're saying there. And, and also hearing you describe YouTube, which we're, we're basically talking about digital media. Yeah. Uh, to hear you des- describe it in that way is something that is, um, I think, uh, for, for me and a lot of people who came to town to do more traditional stuff. Yeah. Struggle to make that connection with, which is, it's, mm-hmm. and again, it's not just generational, because I, I know some folks of, of all varying ages who's like, oh, th- did I get what digital is. And you can be young and not get it too. I've had oh, some people yeah. who are like, <laughs> sure. um, oh, I'm on Facebook. What else? I don't know. Okay. You're, you're, Great. we're not having a conversation. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, the, the freedom, but not just cause, cause I think sometimes, and I, I think you'll agree the quote YouTube star mentality gets a a, a bad rap, yeah. but sometimes a much deserved bad rap. Mm-hmm. But what you're describing isn't that. You're right. describing no. I don't want to become YouTube famous. I want to sit down and have a career yeah. the way I want it. Exactly. So that's powerful. Yeah, I mean, and I've always wanted to do things that were multifaceted. I never mm-hmm. wanted to be like I was. You know, I did music for a little bit personally. I never was great singing or like playing guitar or anything. And I, you know, didn't have any sort of <laughs> acting experience or anything. I can see you in a Nashville honky tonk. I can, I can see you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I dabbled for with like an electric guitar, guitar playing some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but. I I always wanted to do things that were multifaceted. I never wanted to do just one thing. Like I was like, I never want to sit in an office and like, you know, punch in numbers and do something. So when I saw, you know, I was an avid watcher of YouTube of these people, you know, writing books, having their own, you know, fashion or beauty lines and, you know, being able to go on tours and do speaking engagements and also make videos and, and produce stuff. I was like, that sounds amazing to be able to touch all of these different areas of the entertainment industry and not be just like, put in this box of like mm-hmm. you're a singer you're an actor you're a producer it's like the entirety of that is is really interesting to me. that that yeah that is traditional media in a nutshell right yeah. like uh she's a singer she's gonna star in a movie what like that yeah, yeah and youtube you, you, in digital media you can do it all and and it is uh yeah and it, and it's not a free ride it's harder <laughs> harder work <laughs> way harder i can tell you now as, a, as an unemployed cat i work and i'm more busy <laughs> now yeah. Then, then I was going to an office nine to five mm-hmm. producing content and I was fortunate to be nine to five. You'd go to the office like eight thirty, <laughs> leave at 8 PM some um, days. And that's a short day. Especially you know? the yeah. That <laughs> yeah. was definitely rough. But yeah. I will pause for a moment here. If you are a listener out there of the NASDAQ files and you are a subscriber of screen junkies plus, uh, Parker is one of the <laughs> only reasons, uh, along with Anne and Brashear and a lot of yeah. people behind the scenes that you got to enjoy screen junkies plus at all. <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't the other, <laughs> guys it wasn't dan and joe and jt i it's mean jt press the right buttons but uh parker was the one we'd go home bye parker she'd be like great i'm loading all this stuff onto the server <laughs> yep have We're fun jerks oh yeah yeah i was i was in the trenches with that screen yeah. plus was 
kind of my baby a little bit. It was, you know, it was very much like from the very beginning, it was because I, when I joined Screen Junkies, right. I was not hired to be on to Screen Junkies. I started out on other channels. That's, break, ah, and that's right. Man. Yes. So I started out on the other channels. And then when Screen Junkies Plus came up, um, they came to me and they were like, hey, YouTube's going to need a little bit of help. Can you help handle some of the YouTube content? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, sure. I'll take it on. And then slowly it became those other three channels, Screen Junkies and Screen Junkies Plus. Yeah, you did. And, and so I was I was drowning for a good while there. And um, we did not have any sort of the technical stuff in place that mm-hmm. in order to do it efficiently. Yeah. Um, and so over the course of the like two years that I was there, I kind of helped build that infrastructure, even though it failed a lot. But like... <laughs> It was technically, technically the technical yeah. stuff. Yeah. I was like, I didn't like code anything, but I was right. very much in, in the trenches and, and buying the software that we had to buy. I was the one that they were yeah. going to and saying, Hey, which ones do we need to get? What's the most important to you? And you know, there were times where I was there until 11 PM at night, yeah. like having to sit and watch a bar progress and then fail at 90% and then start over. But towards the end it got, it got better, but yeah. it, it, you know, we had the stream apocalypse for a little while that, uh-huh. that just like, it just it's, failed and failed and failed. And I didn't know at the time that they were like, yeah, well, like maybe, maybe we'll make this a second priority. And I was so <laughs> frustrated. And I was like, help me. Well, and that talks to, when you talk about, you know, digital media, YouTube and, and you know, uh, the, the excitement of coming to and building your own career, but also it's still the wild west. We're still building the, the towns that we're yeah. going to live in. And, and there is a bit of a, you know, interesting thing going on where a lot of places are either shutting down or laying off employees mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But that's, I think, part of the growing pains because it's all yeah. still going to be here. Yeah. It's just going to be in a different form. And yeah. what, what you helped do, along with Aunt Gracie Hartman, the, the team, yeah. the behind-the-scenes people there, um, I can't stress enough. It would be so funny because we get tweets like, Dan, Spencer, Ken, uh, other guy, why isn't this stuff working? And be like, oh, we don't. The smart people are working on, <laughs> on it. it. Yeah. We're the dummies who talk about Star Wars and yeah. Ant-Man. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it so, was crazy. But Kudos to you for that, yeah, number thanks. one. I mean, everybody was really understanding. And I think most, yeah. you know, the guys there really understood that, like, it wasn't that, like, I pushed the wrong button and everything failed. It was just part of, you know, the process. And sometimes yeah. things broke and sometimes things worked perfectly. And sometimes you have, you know, screen junkies yeah. in Comic-Con where oh, we all yeah. wanted to die, but we made it through. <laughs> that, that first uh, Screen Junkie Central was, yeah. was a pretty intense experiment. Ooh. We all fought a war together. Oh, Let's yeah. See. I only had about three mental breakdowns during that. Yeah, you, I think you probably saw me cry. At least yeah. Twice. <laughs> oh well, you know, it's it, it's YouTube. You're gonna. We made go. it. Eighteen shows, eight, three days. Eight, uh, yeah, yeah. I produced uh, along with James Anderson. Eighteen shows in three days. You and Halavik and and Gracie and the team. Yeah. And, and David Backman and across like uh, four different platforms. Uh, oh, I was yeah. running all the streams. Wow. All at the same set up time. in a booth at a restaurant behind oh, a big the curtain. The smallest booth in yes. the world. Too. Yes. It wasn't like a normal size booth. with computers and laptops <laughs> and stuff squished into this restaurant oh, booth yeah. behind a curtain so if you were a fan and you're like oh, i'm gonna go to the bathroom what's this curtain up uh, yeah, behind yeah. that was four people just pulling hair out yeah and just like eating pounds of <laughs> just pounds of eminence that they left oh glory days <laughs> oh man so when you something. when you come to los angeles from nashville from tennessee which i, I love is a great state memphis yeah. is a different it's yeah. west memphis, west tennessee i always spent time in east tennessee yeah it's different yeah it's different you come on out here. You make this decision. You bring your dog. I'm sure, mm-hmm. sure some fam- maybe family comes out and you help move, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All right. But they leave. I'm Because fa- I've talked about this stuff on their show before. Because at 22, I moved to LA, only two and a half hours away from my hometown. Yeah. <laughs> You're going a few states over. That first night, 
when you turn the lights off and you're staring up at the ceiling and you're like, I'm here. What is that moment like? Oh, God. I don't even remember. I think I was so stressed about interviews that I was just like, okay, I got to get up in the morning and go. Because I'm pretty sure that the day after I moved in was a Defy interview. So I was mm. like, I have to get my stuff together and, yeah. and go. So I don't think I really had a lot of time to process until I think I started working yeah, at like, a real job. And then I was like, oh, I live in L.A. Luckily, I had some friends here because I did spend a semester here in college. Right. So I wasn't like totally alone. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like it was me and Ryder against the world. And it was like we were living in this, you know, Hollywood apartment, the two of us. And and it, it was it was a lot. I mean, I still don't think I really process it. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I live here. Like I'll be driving home and like past yeah. the cityscape. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I moved. Yes, then that, all the way across the country. This is like a good moment, I guess, to pause and, and give yourself a, a high five with your dog, Ryder. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of breed is Ryder again? He is a lab great Dane. That's right. That's right, big dog. Big boy. Every once in a while, we will get to come by the studio, right? Yeah, I met, he came, he I came to once. what was it? With Game of Thrones, watching Thrones, watching Thrones. Yeah, yes, yeah, he did. Yes. He'd come on anytime I had to work on a holiday. I was like, right. If I was like, if I don't get my weekend off, I bring my dog. Dogs coming in. <laughs> yeah, Dogs coming in. But you're here in the city, and this and that, mm-hmm. and then and then you know, again, you're working, you're working your ass off at screen junkies. Mm-hmm. Um, but that again too was something. You're like, this is a starting point. I want mm-hmm. to get to somewhere else. Uh, back then and where now, what, 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 where do you want to take the Parker Roberts brand, you know? Yeah. yeah. Cause you've got a great YouTube channel yeah. that's going on. We're going to talk yeah. about it in a second, but I mean, ideally that would be full-time right. job would be, be doing YouTube. I mm-hmm. mean, um, I would absolutely love that. I've been a fan of YouTube for so long and you know, I have creators I've watched for like 10 years. Like mm-hmm. Ridiculous. I would love to make that my full-time career to yeah. be able to be creative every day and, and to, to make things would mm-hmm. be amazing. Um, and right now I'm kind of big on not making my like passions support me because mm. I don't, I don't want to like resent the fact that I have to do what I love. Um, and so I, I so in other words, me four months into <laughs> my job, it's green junk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Oops. Gotcha. Um, no, but I, I'm always, you know, I want to have stability so that I do have the freedom to do what I want to do. And so, um, you know, if, if YouTube doesn't work out, mm. ideally I'd be doing something creative, you know, mm-hmm. producing, directing, or, you know, just, I mean, creative directing, being a part mm-hmm. of, of making something what it is and, and not necessarily like just being in the background and, and not being a part of what's happening. Well, what's what's I'm fascinated by by this new era, this new industry, because look at the skills you now bring to the table. Yeah. Front of camera, behind camera, you're shooting your own stuff, you're editing your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, um, and then you're hoping one day that you have to hire someone because you're doing so much <laughs> stuff there. Um, yeah. You're doing all that. But then also you've built help built a streaming service, a uh, on-demand streaming service, all this stuff. And, and the, the traditional folks, myself being part of them, like right now, if I need a thumbnail for something with an AppSec files, I have to call like four people. <laughs> Do you have an hour to, be- I don't Photoshop at all, you oh, know, I don't know how to Photoshop at all. but, but, but you could, you could, <laughs> could throw stuff together and yeah. you've, you've got this entire, and that's why I, I don't like, and I try not to look negatively because I'm, I'm, I have a career only because of digital media, but I don't want to be Clint Eastwood on my porch, go and get off my lawn. And mm-hmm. I, I, I see a lot of my, my friends and, and colleagues from my era and, and, uh, pursuit of traditional media have that view where it's like, yeah, but you, you look at the skills Parker Roberts has, yeah. look at across the board. So when you say creative director, that's what making, making me think of when you creative director. Yeah. You could go run a brand yeah. because you've done all aspects. Yeah. I mean, and I think a huge part of that comes from working at Screen Junkies because mm. the 
the position that I was in touched every aspect of it. It wasn't like I was just production and I was just on set and then I went home. It was like I was in every marketing meeting. I was in every production meeting. I was in every corporate meeting. I was in every single aspect of it. So I got to see, I mean, technical side of it. So I got to see a full, like, you know, 360 round, round trip of what it's like to be in the digital space and, you know, with the job I do now working with managers and agents Mm. and stuff like that, you know, I get to see a lot of the, the background of what it is. And it makes me realize that like, if this happens for me someday, hopefully it does. Like Mm. I have knowledge of what happens behind the scenes. So it's going to be a whole lot harder to like take advantage of me (laughs) because I've seen it all because I know, I know the ticks, the, you know, tricks and the, you're you're a mogul, right? (laughs) You're a, you're a potential big time mogul, but yeah, yeah, well, let's start. So you start this YouTube channel, uh, Mm -hmm. stories and dust, right? Where does that come from? I like that name. It comes from a poem by a guy named Adam Clay. Um, I have a tattoo of it. So the tattoo came first. Um, but you have a tattoo. Did you ask for forgiveness from God for yeah, that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, I have a Bible verse tattoo. And oh, that's I had good. a manic attack about it. And then I realized <laughs> that like, you know what? It's really not that big a deal. Yes. Um, but it, it's from a poem by Adam Clay where he in the poem says, um, he's like looking at a TV screen and he says, it's off. You tell me it's off, but there are at least 5,000 stories in the dust and a small talk of dirt. Beautiful. So saying like, you know, kind of somebody can tell you that something's you know, not right. Or it's not like you're like, Oh, you're using that TV wrong. Cause you're looking at it and it's not on, but like right. he's saying, well, maybe it's not perfect and it's not working, but I can see the stories in it. Um, yeah. and so that was kind of, you know, at the time in my life when I you know found that poem and got that tattoo, it was a lot of, there was a lot of personal turmoil going on, like mm-hmm. within my family and stuff. And for me, it was about just keeping perspective of saying like, this will be the things I tell stories about one day. And, and then when it came time to, to make my channel, I wanted it to be about storytelling and about, you know, whether that was in the form of me talking about how much I love makeup or sharing, you know, things that had happened in my life. So I wanted it to be, you know, like basically like we're all a story worth telling kind yeah. of where that came from. And so it just fit and it stuck and it works. The, the poet loves it and he, Oh, he's aware of it. Yeah. He this isn't like yeah. an ancient poem. No, no, this is um, actually a guy that I um, discovered in my college creative writing class. Oh, wow. So yeah, he was a friend of the, of my professor and he wrote this incredible book called a hotel lobby at the end of the world. Um, oh. And um, it's an incredible poetry book. And I just fell in love with that particular poem and, um, and, you know, messaged him one day to be like, Hey, this might be kind of weird, but, um, I got his contact information from my teacher right. and was like, this might be kind of weird, but like, I got a tattoo of a line of your poem. And he like, he's like, you get free books for life. Like yeah. every time he publishes a book, he sends me one. So it's really cool, Oh, that's but great. he loves it. And he's like, I'm so glad that it resonated with you. So, yeah. Well, I love this approach. Cause what you do, cause you're, 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 you know, f- I got your channel up here too. It's, it's mostly what, what people would describe as vlog style stuff, mm-hmm. right? But that by that you're able to your approach of telling stories, you're able to connect with your viewers. Yeah, like you said, over the simple like if I was vlogging, I would have an entire uh, playlist about mac and cheese, but also <laughs> maybe something more serious. So right, you're you're, yeah. able, you're able to connect with all these little moments here. Yeah. Um, do you? How do you find? And you're pretty honest with what mm-hmm. you're saying, right? How yeah. do you find that's working? I think it works well. I mean, um, some of the most popular stuff that I do on my channel is um, a series I do called Floor Sits, which is kind of podcast style, Mm -hmm. where I talk about different things that, like, my kind of philosophy with it is, like, stuff you would, like, sit around on your floor and talk to your friends about, like, having Mm -hmm. these, like, deep life chats about what's going on. And 
And, you know, I've always, like, I've, I've been through a lot. I mean, I'm almost, I'll be 25 in a couple of weeks, but yeah. like, I've, I've lived a lot of life in 25 years and, yeah. and I have stories to tell and I have things that I can bring perspective to and being able to talk about things, honestly, like I talk a lot about my um, father's addiction and my mm-hmm. brother's addiction. And I have a whole um, video on that situation of just mm-hmm. being like, how do you, how do you love an addict? How do you get right. through that process as the kid? as like the kid or yeah. the sister or, you know, someone that doesn't struggle with it. And I know when I was 13 and I was, you know, in that spot, like how much I, I wish I would have had something like that just to be like, here's this person who has made it out on the other side who can identify with me. And, and I, I think just being vulnerable is, is, you yeah. know, I always say don't share what you have healed from. And oh, it's like, that's a lesson I could learn. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, you can talk about, you know, everybody has their life struggles, but yeah. if it's not something that you want people to comment on. Mm. Don't talk about it. So if it's like, this would change the way I feel about it. Like as much as I've been through with my brother and my dad's addiction and like the family counseling and the, you know, we're on the other side of that now, like I know how I feel about it and I know how my family is. And so no matter what people could say about it, it's not going to change how I feel about it. But like, if I'm not at that place with something else, then I don't share that. That's that's tremendously wise. And all jokes aside, uh, and, and and do they have a? Are they aware of this? Or do they watch? Mm-hmm. They're subscribed to the channel. They, yeah. I mean, is it helpful for is, them? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my brother is. Um, I don't currently have a relationship with my dad, but gotcha. um, my brother is like very open about his sobriety as well, and mm-hmm. he's you know he and I are super close. And I asked him before I ever talked about it, like, are you comfortable with me? You know, talking about my experience through it, and it was hard for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he you know has to hear the ways that he you know not intentionally hurt me but you know hurt the family and the yeah. things he went through and and it's just you know but he's supportive of of me and saying like this is as much your journey as it is mine and I can't tell you you know how you felt he's like what how you felt is what you felt and yeah. he's like, I don't have any ownership over whether or not you share that truth so that's I mean yeah I mean I, I get kudos to you for for not only talk about it but hey here's I'm here I'd like to and let's let's get through yeah. this so have you had uh have you had those kind of moments where the fans fans is such a weird word supporters <laughs> watchers yeah um you know it's not like they're sending you postcards to be autographed they're like right, right. people that you connect with have they reached out and said hey you've helped me have yeah. you felt that yeah from what you're doing I've, i mean i've definitely had people who um have sent me private messages you know and been like i like i'm currently going through this and i don't have anyone to talk to about it and just seeing mm-hmm. that like somebody out there who's come out on the other side of it or is currently going through it is, you know, able to say like, it's all, it's all going to be okay. And it may not be easy and it may never feel okay, but eventually it mm-hmm. will be. And, you know, I've had really incredible messages and really yeah. sweet messages that, you know, occasionally people will check in and be like, still loving your videos. And it still makes right. me happy when I see you upload. And, and it's been, it's been really great. I mean, people have been really responsive to it. That's one of the, you know, I, yeah, on this feed, I've been honest with somebody who struggles with depression and self-loathing mm-hmm. and stuff in the past. And, suicidal thoughts and all that stuff and it's like yeah part of it's a purge yeah. part of it's trying to own yeah. it and i agree with you I, I don't know if i've been consciously doing that but it's like yeah i'm not on that spot as much anymore the depression's on a different level i've been, right. I've been through the tough i wasn't mm-hmm. podcasting when i was knee deep in it yeah and i'm glad maybe i wasn't but mm-hmm. um i think that's part of the benefit of what goes on a lot now with new media because back in back in the day you know mm-hmm. 
uh, there was either there's still stigmas around this kind of stuff, yeah. but it was even harder. Where do you go talk about? Uh, we mm. all grew up thinking adults had it all worked out, <laughs> and here I am at 42 to tell you, no, no I know less than I did close. five years ago. Yep, not even close. And so to have a spot, a kind of a, and for for people to find their content creators that kind of create this community is really important. Uh, it's something I've been trying to do a little more, even with the Napsack Files. Uh, over on my Discord server, which makes me seem so young and hip when I say <laughs> um, that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm glad that you're 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 doing that because yeah. you then connect. You can also connect with if you doing a, a video on how you know you're, you're wearing your makeup today brings yeah. in someone to the campfire. Yeah, and then the next video is you sitting down going, "Hey, here's a struggle I went through." Yeah. They might not know that they had that. Yeah. So yes. good, good job. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, that's and that's just it's it's my personality. You know, mm-hmm. like I am a deep person, but I also love to be goofy and love to yeah. like love makeup very very much. It's very creative. It's a fun outlet for me. So like, yeah. I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about things that aren't so serious. But then I also like do feel like I have a lot of perspective, and yeah. it's like it's just as if I was hanging out with my friends. Like I'm going to do their makeup for them and talk to them about stuff I love. But yeah. then also we're going to sit around and be like. So what's it like to be a woman in 2018? You know, like (laughs) we're going to have the hard talks too. And I feel like that's, it's important to share, you know, a well-roundedness. Yeah. You're also a good laugher too, because I used to, if, if you've watched some of the, uh, my bigger movie fights moments, yeah. you're, you're behind on the couch <laughs> laughing. And it was one of my, uh, the drunk movie fights. I think oh I heard you laugh a few times too. So it, people only thought I was good at it because, uh, folks like you and Josephine and Ann were laughing back the on, on the couch. So thanks for that there. Funny. Um, you've also, let's talk Taylor Swift. Yes. All right. I, I like I like Taylor Swift. I'm a big fan of yeah. Ryan Adams, and he covered her album, 1989, yeah. Song by Song. Yep. Great stuff there. So I get it. I get the heart of the stories here yeah. of what's going on. But you've also had some big – this is some of your bigger videos yeah. have hit there. Yeah. Have you had any has, – has anyone from Taylor's camp reached out? I want. That's no, my I goal. Wish. I want that my goal. That is my goal. I would love that. No, it, it, I've never heard from anyone directly. Yeah. I mean – that is a lot of where my fan base on mm-hmm. YouTube comes from. Sure. I mean, it was, you know, the first video I ever did was when she first premiered her song, Shake It Off. She did this live stream. And I, at the time, I mean, I was making videos, but I was, you know, living with my roommate at the time, Chelsea. And, and this we she announced the live stream. And I was like, it'd be kind of funny to, like, film ourselves watching the live stream. And I didn't really think of it as being, like, a reaction video. I was just like, this would be yeah. funny. Like, it's new music for the first time in a few years. Like, I'm excited. I'm going to record myself. And I did that video. And at the time I had horrible, horrible Wi-Fi in my apartment. Oh, and tell I, me about it. Oh my God. Did you have Burbank Wi-Fi? Cause it's the worst. <laughs> but I was, I stayed up so late, like editing that video and then trying to get it to upload. And it just kept failing. I was like, this isn't even going to be relevant anymore. Like, I don't understand why I'm doing this. And then, um, I finally got it to upload the next morning and I was like, it was like 8, 8 AM the next morning or something. And I was like, nobody's going to watch this video. It's too late now. And that was the first video for me that did well. So it ended yeah. up like, I mean, I was getting like tens of views at the time and that sure. got like thousands. So I was just like, Oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> so when the album came out, um, the full album, I did a full reaction video to that, like full on, like first time I'd ever heard any, every, every bit of the song. That's great. There was a couple that were pre pre-released, but sure. everything else was purely 100% my first reaction to it. And it's my favorite album of all time. Yeah. So to have that video of me, like experiencing that album for the first time. And then from then on, it just kind of became like, you know, she might release a music video or something. Yeah. And then the one that hit big this time was when she released the new song. Um, what you made me do yeah so it wasn't even the video it was just the song just and the that song one, that one hit trending which is 
crazy and brought out the depths of the worst Whoa, people on yeah. the internet. That's the best. <laughs> Horrible people. But it, it trended for like 48 hours. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was insane. I was like, I woke up, I went to bed with it at like maybe like 2000 views, which I was like, this is crazy. That's great, and I woke yeah. up and it was at like 17,000. And I was like, yeah. holy shit, <laughs> what are you talking about? But um, yeah, so that one, that one hit it pretty big. It got, I think it's like over hundred K now. Yeah. For, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's for, about 115. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, the rest of my videos get like a hundred maybe. So like it's, it's crazy, but I mean, I got a huge reaction and, and it's great, but yeah, no, I wish that they'd reached out. I'm, yeah, like, waiting. I'm going to the show yeah, today and I'm just yeah. like, I'm just like, come on, Taylor. Come this, on. You just got to do a video that's or a week, like this week in Taylor Swift. You <laughs> right. just do, you I just know. Did a, I just did a Q&A video all about Taylor Swift. Perfect. So it hasn't gone up yet, but I filmed that earlier today. So I'm like, maybe I'm like, because everybody's like, oh, what are you doing for tour? What are you doing? Are you going to show? Yeah. So I'm like kind of hoping to, I'll be able to like meet people there. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm going to the show too. So we'll see. But That's, it's crazy. I mean, she's been my favorite since yeah. I was like 13. So well, yeah, and and because of her country music roots, right? Mm-hmm. I I didn't, you know, and not that. I'm, I, we, you and I haven't really ever talked music before. You, you're yeah. all. I mean, I'm looking at your shirt. You, that, that's not country music, there. Right? No, it's uh, not. I have no yeah. idea who this is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's one of those. No, but you, we've talked. <laughs> no, no, no. We've talked music before over at the Trigger. Mm-hmm. So you're all. You know, it's not like you're some. Uh, cowboy boot wearing country no. girl from Nashville, Memphis. No. Here, no, you like music of all kind, but I, the connection there, she's got kind yeah. of that stuff there. It's a good, it's a good heart to country music. So yeah. I tell people, yeah. it's not about dogs and broken trucks. It's about it's other things, <laughs> other stuff too. Other a lot stuff of storytelling, too. which I, I used to love country music a lot more than I do now. Yeah, but I mean, well, Taylor, like Taylor, she's yeah, I was like, I was like, well, Taylor was what got me into yeah. into country music and music in general, and I remember being thirteen and she was opening for Rascal Flatts. Yes, um, and I went. Saw Rascal Flatts with a friend, and I was like, "Who is this girl?" I was like, "I want." She was like sixteen at the time, and I was like, "I want to be this girl's best friend." I'm like, "Who is she?" And I immediately downloaded the album, and then from then on, it was just like that's it, smooth sailing. It was that's just it. me and Taylor for next ten years. Love but, it. Yeah, so she was on the got me into music and. And, uh, and getting some getting some views onto your channel, and, yeah, and you talk about Taylor. yeah, talking about the the, the drugs come out. How do you approach that side? That's the downside. Uh, it's not just just YouTube comments. It's mm-hmm. the, the 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 direct contact that we will all have with content creators, and people yeah. have it with you, people have it with me. I have it with other content creators that I'm a fan of, mm-hmm. but don't know. You know, that's that's a, a thing. It, it it can bring out some some interesting stuff there how, how do you no- negotiate those waters as as quite frankly as, as a young woman in this industry which is uh, not easy no. and so uh, how, how do you what walls do you put up what yeah. how do you deal with it well i mean it's interesting because i've i've been fortunate that i haven't had to deal with it much um mm-hmm. because i think because my channel is still small and sure. for the most part um you know but when when that video did hit trending it was interesting because it was a lot of people that were just like why is this video trending and i was mm-hmm. like I didn't put it there. Right. It's not my fault. You know, it's like, I did, not my fault. I tagged this video well, apparently. But, um, I mean, it was just relevant to what was going on. And I had a small channel with, and it was getting big engagement. So I think that's likely what did it. But it was people that, like, because they were frustrated that I was on the trending page versus their favorite creator, mm-hmm. it was like, let's just say every horrible thing we could possibly say about this person to them. Right. And at first it was kind of funny. And I was, like, reading through these. And it would be, like, something totally irrelevant to the mm-hmm. situation that was going on. And I was like, I don't care. 
care what this person has to say. But then about like the 30th time in a row you read that like yeah. you're a fat whore and you should die. Like then you're like, okay, maybe this isn't so healthy for me to be mm-hmm. reading. It kind of stopped being funny at that point. And you, and you try not to take it to heart, but you kind of do. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't, I, but I, luckily I have a lot of like good YouTube friends that I was able to like make moderators on my channel oh, okay. and had them kind of go in and clean out the garbage for me yeah. so that I didn't have to be the one to keep doing it. Um, so that was great for them to like go in and do that for me. But in general, I, I usually don't get it. It's like, there'll be videos that I'm not even like physically in that say like you're fat and it's just mm. like, it's just people being people and I right. try not to take it personally, but I mean, occasionally you have, you know, a lot, there's a lot of mansplaining that goes on, like a lot of man, especially on Twitter when you like say something and then, then it, it, but like, (laughs) let me tell you (laughs) here, let me tell you how you're wrong about this situation. But I mean, especially being a Taylor fan, it's kind of popular to hate Taylor. It's for shame. For shame, shame. I say. She's a wonderful lady. She does a lot of great things. And because she's not as politically active as people want her to be, they, they think that you know it's like it's not good to be her fan and like how could you like this person and like she covered earth wind and fire and everybody like exploded Mm -hmm. and was like it's just i was like i agree i was like it was like it was decently good so i was like i don't understand why everybody's freaked out Uh, it's 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 uh it's every generation loves to throw up a pop star as paul simon says and then they love to tear him down it's Mm -hmm. just uh you know See poor, Br- yeah, see poor Britney yeah, okay. as well. My queen. Yeah. My other queen. My other queen. <laughs> My other queen. Yeah. So, I, yeah, and you're so right about, you know, I always say now, like, I, I legitimately on, on Collider Jedi Council have not looked at the comments in two, two calendar years yeah. since, since I started appearing on the show. Either as a guest or a regular, now a guest again. And and it's just because, yeah, after a while, the first couple, you're like, sure, mm-hmm. I'm bold, I get it. And the 10th one, you're like, yes, I, I actually am emotionally upset with this when I'm not listening to uh-huh. the comments. I say to the to myself enough yes that i don't need you yeah and that's where you turn it off yeah, yeah. and oh yeah i mean it's totally and, and especially being a woman and body mm-hmm. image and and you know like i'm not a supermodel like i'm not i'm five foot two and fine like you're, and you're gorgeous <laughs> but, young lady you. don't you don't you think it's yeah, you're not. it's yeah. like and of course it's like i see everything that they're saying right as soon as somebody like points out like like it doesn't matter if I'm 90 pounds or 900 pounds. Like I have a natural double chin and mm-hmm. it's like something that's just like, it's been there my whole life since I was a baby. But then when like other people keep pointing it out and you're like, I can't do anything can't about it. Do, unless I eat nothing but carrots <laughs> for two, two years. years uh, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, as a seven year old kid who was like scrawny 30 pounds, mm-hmm. I had a gut. It yeah. used to be a party joke. My mom used to be like, do your gut trick for the kids. <laughs> and and now as I'm older, it's like, look at the fatty. And it's like, no, I just think it doesn't matter. Yeah. I've always got this. I got this shape. I'm five foot two. Thank I'm you, like, internet. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm a tiny person otherwise, but I'm just like, just let me live. Yeah. Just let me live. I enjoy chocolate. Yeah. So what? As you should. Yeah. As you should. No, I mean, yeah, it's tough. And it's it's the downside. So we're talking about all the positives. It's part of the downside. And that's just, uh, you know, you, you put your thick skin on as much as you can, but but you're only human. And, and especially at, at, you know, you're not, not that money does not buy happiness and, right. and, and money's a down payment, but it doesn't guarantee it. So until you're behind those walls of your mansion, you're still, you're just mm-hmm. a, a person out there struggling. Yeah. And to hear some of that stuff, it, it can, it can yeah. keep you up at night if you're not I mean, careful. I think even if you are behind the walls in your mansion, it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you know, like as a human, just it's, it's, it's discerning sometimes. And yeah. sometimes when you, when you make something you really, really love and then it doesn't get any attention and you're like, 
mm-hmm. oh, dang it, like I put so much work into this thing. Like my Taylor videos are always going to get way more views than anything else I do. Sure. But like my channel is not a Taylor Swift channel. It's right. a lifestyle channel that happens to also talk about Taylor Swift. So sometimes it's like I put a ton of work into a video that gets like maybe 100 views or so. But then it's like I do like a half ass video about Taylor and it gets like 3,000. Sure. And I'm like – Come on, people. <laughs> I want to do both. I'm but doing serious. serious. Really? Yeah. But, but you are, and that's the thing. Yeah. And, and build up the consistency to it there. How uh, how how do you approach that? It's, it's like, you know, we all kind of get this, uh, hey, Ken, I want to start a podcast. What's the advice? And I have some basic ones that I give out. Um, but for you, who's, who's rolled up your sleeves and you're in the thick of it, and I've seen all mm-hmm. sides of this. Now you're yeah. dealing more on the management side for some stuff, yeah. your current job and everything. How, how do you approach building this channel? Actual, like, yeah. boom, paper, yeah. thoughts. How do I do it? It's hard. <laughs> it's hard, especially working full-time. It's, yeah. it's taking time. And, and people see it as like, Oh, you're posting a video a week. Like it couldn't possibly be that hard. Mm. It, it can be, especially when you don't have the time to dedicate to it. Um, but I found that bulk filming helps a lot. Yeah. Film a couple videos in a day and then have a month's worth of stuff to go. But as far as just like general, like if you want to start a channel, I think the thing for me is just, just start it. Like that, I think yeah. that's the hardest part is just like, even if you film something that you don't ever post, like, just try it and see what you think and, and make what you like to watch and make what you want to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and if it sucks, like, it's all right, move on to the next one. You just got to do it. Like, and I think that was, cause I wanted to start a channel for years before I ever did it. Yeah. And then a friend of mine had a channel mm-hmm. asked me to be in a video and she was like, well, now you're in my video. So you have to start one. And I was like, Oh crap. Okay. I guess I'm going to do this. And then once I did it, I never looked back. Like yeah. I've never thought about stopping. I've never thought about giving it up. But it's just a matter of just starting and, and, and making what content you want to watch and supporting people that you like and and just, you know, putting in the work. Yeah. That's all you have to do is, like, there's a lot of people I see, you know, I think we all see, like, that are really, really popular online that, like, don't do anything. Right. Like, they post a video every three months and, like, mm-hmm. and, and, they, and they complain that they don't have enough money to pay rent, but they have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of subscribers. Right. And you're like, you have this incredible opportunity and all these people to to help you build your career and you're not taking advantage of it. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, harder when you're smaller because you're, you're having to put, like, 600 times more effort into it to even get a quarter of what other people have. So mm-hmm. just, and it's, you know, hard sometimes, not necessarily in a... I wish I had a million views. Yeah, it's like, not that. Yeah. It's like, I would love for it to be my career. And I see people that have it as a career that don't take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's so much you could be doing if you just <laughs> tried. If you just knew how to brand yourself and how to expand and how to, like, yep. know, diversify a little bit. Instead uh-huh. of just being like, I'm going to eat these hot chips for a channel <laughs> video. And then I'm going to sit around on my butt all day uh, and wonder review. why I can't yeah. make Man, you're, you're, you're speaking, you're spitting out knowledge. So I might hire you as my new manager. I mean, seriously, gosh, yeah. as I try to build my post, my post employment life here, <laughs> uh, my, my post, uh, where you sit now, looking back as, 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 um, as, as you are now, a couple mm-hmm. years now in LA and you, you've, you've struggled some things. I've known some, you know, a, a big fantastic injury you suffered when I was at screen junkies that <laughs> one day, one day I'm on uh, Facebook or Twitter or something. There's a picture of you and a, air vac helicopter yep. mm-hmm. you've overcome a lot you really yeah. have but you look yeah. at that where you stand now like ooh, how are you doing how are you feeling you you you, you, you taking this yeah. breath to go i've done it I, I've, I've, done I've been it. it yeah i've been here i've stayed here i'm gonna stay forever yeah i mean honestly uh 
what Ken is referring to is me falling off a cliff um, <laughs> like a little over a year ago. Um, yeah. I, I fell off a about 15 foot cliff in Laguna Beach um, yeah. and fell and just like destroyed the left half of my body. Just like I broke hand in two places, screwed up my elbow so bad, and then just was bruised and cut head to toe. It was some ni- wasn't it some nice comforting coral reef type uh, of yeah, stuff? It was and just mountains like, yeah, and just stuff? like yep. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm, it mm. was it was real fun. Um and then had to um had to be helicoptered out because the tide was so bad we couldn't get back. Um which is how it happened. It just like mm. storm blew in. I got hit by a wave yeah. and the next thing I knew I was like crumpled into a ball. Um <laughs> But, I'm only laughing because I know you survived it. I did. But I'm, I'm the day I, I cannot tell you how weird it was. A chain of text messages from your coworkers going, did "We all see. What's, did anybody see this? Yeah. What's, what's going on? Here's the thing, Ken. I'm really bad yeah. at like acknowledging how hurt I am. Like really bad at it. Like my family gets mad at me because I'll be like uh, very injured, and I'm just like, I'm fine. Everything's cool. But, like, I really wasn't at all. Yeah. And I tried really hard to be. And I, like, I mean, I think I was back at work, like, three days later. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, like, I shouldn't have been. I don't even know that it was that long. No, I um, think it was, yeah, I think it was, like, the same week because <laughs> yeah. we were still, yeah. like, what happened on Monday? On mon- yeah, it was it was nuts because it was 4th of July weekend. Um, and I was just, like, I think because I wasn't life-threateningly injured yeah. that I was, like, I'm fine. But the reality was is I, I wasn't at all. And so I had so much growth that happened from that point in time. And it was just like, I went from, I, I kind of see it's like the universe kicked me off a cliff to make me pay attention to myself because I was like, <laughs> thanks oh, universe. Thanks universe. I was like, it literally took me falling off a cliff to like learn that I needed to take care of myself and that I was wow. working really, really hard. I had friendships that weren't great, that mm-hmm. were really toxic. And I just like for years and years and years of my life had not taken care of myself the way that I should have. And then this kind of forced me into a spot where I couldn't be as independent as I used to be. So it was like, you know, I couldn't do things with my left arm because mm-hmm. it was so battered and bruised and torn up. And I wasn't a cast for like six weeks. And then, you know, for six months I was in intense pain in my elbow because mm-hmm. I, um, they tried physical therapy, they tried cortisone injections, like all the stuff to try to fix my elbow before I had to have surgery. Yeah. And then it was just like being in constant pain for six months, like we'll change you as a person. <laughs> and like, I was like, I feel so bad now for, for people who have chronic pain and mm-hmm. chronic illness because it was miserable. Like yeah. we went to Comic-Con two weeks after I fell and I was in like this like full on robotic arm looking thing. It was miserable. Everything was terrible. And then eventually once I had the surgery, which was the best thing that I ever did in my whole life, um, it was an intense surgery and it was six weeks off of work and then 12 weeks of physical therapy. Um, but like having that experience, learning to be like, Oh, I need to like ask for what I need. And that translated into all parts of my life. It was wow asking for what I needed at work when I was like, Hey guys, from now on, like past six 30, everything else will be done the next morning. Like I'm like, I'm not working, yeah, I'm like, I'm not working past six 30 anymore. Like I'll, I'll work, I'll pick it up in the morning when we get to work or, you know, you know, in the midst of me falling off that cliff and having an experience, I was there with my then best friend mm. who then ghosted after that. Like right. she dropped, <laughs> yeah, she dropped me off after the hospital and then never spoke to me again. So I was in the midst of like, you know, dealing with being independent, but then also losing my like closest friendship here in LA and then having to just be like, well, I got to make it work. It's me and my dog. It's me and my dog, Mr. Ryder, the best thing that ever happened to me. And, and, you know, like I just, I had, I didn't have another option. It was like, I have Mm. to figure out how to adapt or else I'm not. And I was like, I'm not willing to give this up. 
Like I'm not willing to give up LA and everything I've worked for. To, yeah, yeah. I guess feel. you could have packed up and gone home. No, my mom wanted me to yeah. so bad. She was like, you were like, especially when I had the surgery, I was insistent upon doing it in LA because I was like, well, I have a life here. My dog is here, all the stuff. My mom's like, we'll fly the dog home. You'll come home. We'll take care of you. Like we'll take off work. But I was like, I, I, I have to stay here. I'm like, this is everything I've worked for. And I don't, I don't want to lose my apartment. I don't want to lose everything I have here. And so it was, it was a matter of like either drive and get through it or that's it. And I wasn't willing to give it up. So I just was like, I don't care if I've got gigantic scars on my arms. Oh, you've got, like, you've got a badass scar. Two, you yeah. two, oh, yeah. See the one on the outside, the inside. Yeah, you look yeah. like you uh, you were in Game of Thrones and you just killed the mountain. Yeah, it looks like a shark. <laughs> it looks like something just took a chomp out of my arm. It's I like, love it. For those who can't see, I've got like a three-inch one on one side and you, a six-inch one on the You look like you pitched six years in the majors and they said you can need Tommy John <laughs> surgery. And it's I mean, great. And you probably, look, I mean, do you look at that now and, and with what you're saying? And yeah. I'm sure you didn't come to this decision overnight. No. Oh, that was a good thing that happened. No. Um, do you look down at those scars and go, this is a, a reminder absolutely. of the path? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because it was genuinely the first time in my life I ever put myself first. Mm. And it was, you know, like kind of growing up in a chaotic household and kind of being a caretaker to everyone else to then have the situation that forced me to make myself a first priority changed the entire course of my life. It became like, I mean, it's why I started going to therapy because mm. they were like, this is going to be a really intense, intense surgery. They're like, you're going to have very little independence and mobility because it was moving muscles and releasing nerves. And I'm like, I've got, you know, a, I had like 50 stitches or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like I had a ton of, it was really, and they're like, you're not going to be able to function for probably about 12 weeks, like at a full capacity. So I, I was like forced to, to be like, okay, I have to sit with myself. And they were like, you're going to need probably talk to somebody because you're going to be, you know, in a hard spot because you're going to be in pain and, you know, antidepressants are probably going to be helpful with painkillers. And just like, it was just, it it forced me to reevaluate my entire life. Right. And it's been like, as much as it was horrible, it's like also one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Yes. I mean, and and, uh, you know, like a lot of other people, I know you you, you might have anxiety issues, Mm -hmm. like other things, you're on your own here in LA, you know, like. (laughs) Anxiety and me are tight. Tight. So so that's that's tough enough. And I've seen anxiety Mm -hmm. cripple people uh, that I know. So you're, so you are, you're not just, uh, you're not just being cliche where you're like, I've, I've lived a, I've lived a few years already just in the time I've known you, you know, to watch you go, you know, show up at that uh, robo cop arm sling <laughs> yeah. you have been and then yeah. you to, to see hear your perspective but also to know that you're sharing this stuff yeah yeah it, it's valuable it's important yeah and i'm i'm so not a person that's really ashamed of my struggles mm-hmm. like i mean there are certain things i'll always keep private that like you know i want to deal with on my own so i can heal but like I'm not stay tuned to patreon while i get <laughs> parker to list those list those yep it's like that's gonna be a like what 15 15 month yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it. um <laughs> But I, I just am not really ashamed to share that I've, that I've been through things because I feel like we all, I, like I always say, if I write a book one day, which I plan to, I want to call it like everyone's fucked up and that's okay. <laughs> because like we all have stuff that we've been through and we've all had like, you know, stuff happen to us in life and it's, we can all pretend that we're all fine and dandy and we can like make jokes about being depressed and anxious. But like to talk about being like, yeah, I've been on antidepressants for like six years. Like it's mm-hmm. great. It's, it changed my entire life. Like there was a point when I didn't think that it was, you know, like I didn't know, I thought it was crazy. Like I thought it was insane. And to I take, just to go take the pills. pills right? yeah, yeah, I yeah. was like, well, I, well, I didn't even really know what anxiety was until I started mm-hmm. watching YouTube actually. But I had felt that well, for years go. and yeah. years and years and then realized, Oh, 
that's what's happening to me. And so mm-hmm. then when I, you know, kind of hit my bottom on anxiety and started taking medication when I was like, I don't want to do this, but I was like, I can't help it anymore. And my whole like life changed from that point forward. And I'm like, but there, there could be somebody out there that's doing the same thing. It's like, I'm having anxious thoughts and I'm, and I can't function and I am scared to ask for help, but being like, I did not want to take pills. I did mm-hmm. not want to do it. And I like just got to a point where it was so bad. And now I'm like, God, I don't know like who I would be without without, without it. it because it's like it was so hindering to everything that I wanted that it you know to not have you don't realize how anxious you are until you're not anxious anymore and uh, then yeah. and then you're like wow this is what it's like to be normal. Would, it, would <laughs> your if you don't mind me asking like your triggers are is it is it anxious in public is it anxious mm-hmm. in your head is it anxious what what all of the little column yeah. A little column, column B, B. <laughs> uh, a little bit of everything mm-hmm. um, it's sometimes situational depending on on what's going on but um especially if my sleep schedule's off okay i would get anxious so bad if my sleep schedule's off but i think a lot of it is introspection just like Mm -hmm. a constantly being inside my own head and you know sometimes it's just like you'll literally be sitting there and all of a sudden your body's like you're gonna die and you're like oh you're like but i'm fine (laughs) but it's thursday but it's thursday and i'm sitting on my couch with my dog like there's nothing wrong and it's like no no you're no you're gonna die that's what's happening right now. Something's coming to get you. And you're just like, body, you need to chill. Like meditation's mm-hmm. helped a lot. You know, oh, okay. To, just to have those moments of like, okay, let me like quiet this for a second to see if I actually am having anxiety about something or if I my body's just reacting. But mm-hmm. I get a lot of like, if I've done something wrong, whew, or yeah. what, I, what I picture is wrong, like somebody's going to be mad at me. Oh God, I'm, I'm an anxious mess. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't, I suffer maybe some little social anxiety that's gotten better over the years. Uh, mine's more on a different side of just straight depression and self-loathing yeah. and all that kind of confidence issues. But when I, when I hear the anxiety, that's what, it, when it's, it's, it's against the, stand, the standards for yourself that you think other people ha- have for yeah. you might be a uh-huh. way to describe it. I'm, I'm being clumsy. Yeah. I'm not a doctor, but that seems like a little bit too. Oh yeah. I mean, especially like kind of growing up the way I did, it was, it was always chaos. And so it was always like, yeah. you know, I was constantly like a, a, a pillar, I guess, in the family of like having my shit together. So if yeah. I don't have my shit together, to me, it means like everything's going to fall apart. So mm. when I have those moments of feeling like, which I don't have my shit together at all, but like when I have the <laughs> illusion that I have my shit together, I'm better. But then if I yeah. like do something like a mess up at work or I like make a friend mad or right. I like hurt somebody's feelings, I am just like, a mess. I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, somebody please help me. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't mean to. I don't mean to hurt anybody. I hate hurting people's feelings so much. Yeah. But I'm also a pretty straight shooter. So I'm like, if you're pissing me off, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, but there's a difference. I know what you mean, too. Like, yeah. I, I'm I'm not so much a straight shooter, not in the sense that I hold stuff, but I just like, oh, I'll take the hit. But that's my problem. Yeah. Like, I'll be like, whatever. I'll feel bad about it. And you go on. I'll be, I'll feel yeah. bad about it. But yeah, you, you know, I, no, you, you. I do you, that until I explode. And then do you explode? explode? Yeah, then I explode. That's. <laughs> The, you know, my explosions can be bad, but mm-hmm. yeah, even just I know working with you, you're not afraid to say, "Hey, this is bothering me." But it's yeah. like yeah, at the same time, you're such a you are a sweetheart, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I know what you mean. Where you're like, "I hurt somebody's feelings." <laughs> like, you didn't mean to, because yeah. I can be really stern and like, especially in a, sure. in a business setting, and I can be like, "This is what I want, and this is what I need, and you're not doing this the way that it needs to be done." Right. But then I also feel bad about it later. Right. Like I can in the moment, and then I'm like, "Oh, was I too mean? Was I too mean? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to." I like I can't tell you how many times I've been like 
forceful with someone in work. Yeah. And then like two days later, like texting them and be like, I'm sorry if I was like really <laughs> oh, too yeah, aggressive yeah. there. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. But it's like, I can't just like let it go. I've gotten better at that, especially like the asking for what I need. It's like, yeah. it's like sometimes like you can't get what you don't ask for. And right. it's like, if you need to not work past 6 p.m., just be like, I'll deal with it in the morning. Yeah. Like, this is great. So, like, yeah. Because again, <laughs> you weren't just like. 6.05. You were yeah. 11 p.m. Yeah. So I'm glad yeah. you, could, you stood up for yourself. And, yeah. and and it's amazing what it took. Yeah. The wind gusting you off a cliff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, life, death experience, near-death experience in a way. Yeah. You said. Kind of free helicopter. You're free right? And you're thinking, like, in the moment, <laughs> you're like, hey, I know I'm fine. But, yeah. uh, you know, or, or post the moment. But, you yeah. know, falling off cliffs ain't the best thing to be no, doing. No, no. And I definitely have not been back to the beach. Yeah. Happened, so yeah. I just, Understandably. like. Understandably. Yeah, like, I, like, look at cliffs near water, and I'm like, oh, God, Ooh. I'm going to die. You might want to avoid. Like, There's just yeah. the canyon thing they have in Arizona. You might want to stick yeah, away from I'm good with cliffs. I'm, I'm good. You know, once is enough. You don't really yeah. need it again. Like when you got to pick like rock out of the side of your body, like Ooh, you're no, done. You know, no. I was like, it's not worth it. Not the best. Not the best time. Uh, but <laughs> you you get through that. You have the perspective, and you you are absolutely doing. it. I couldn't be more proud of what you've already done. I can't can't be more proud uh, just from a, a, a former coworker and colleague and friend. Again, not former friend, friend, friend former colleague like, and coworker <laughs> to to see what you're doing. And I love when when stories and dust first popped up. It was like. My head was like, oh, what's Parker doing? Oh, I get what she's doing. You know, yeah. I get what you're doing. So I, if you're not going to allow yourself, and I think you will, but if you're not going to allow yourself to take the win, a big win for what you've accomplished since moving to L.A. And I hope you yeah. hope you allow yourself to sit back and maybe uh, pet your dog, Ryder, and say, yeah. I, I'm doing it. I'm still going to do it. I did the damn thing. And I've done it. Did the damn you have a, a great story. So, Parker, thank, thank you. you for coming on to the Appsack Files and really being open and honest and dropping some pearls of wisdom. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank um, you. Tell everybody where they can find all your wonderful material. Um, I am on all social media at Parker Roberts. Um, make sure you have both R's in there. Um, some people don't. But uh, like also Park, Park, Park Roberts? Park Roberts. Yeah, it's usually I've, I've got my email. My, the poor guy that has Parker Roberts at Gmail. I feel so bad for him because <laughs> everybody gets my email wrong. But um, uh, yeah, and then YouTube.com slash stories in the dust. And come hang out with me. I'm always on Instagram stories and on Twitter. So. Absolutely. And if you are an AppSec Files listener and you uh, pop on over and subscribe to her YouTube channel, just uh, let her know I sent you. Let her know that her sharing her story connects and brings in more people so she continues to do it. Um, Barker, thank you again so much for coming on. And and for you guys and AppSec Files listeners, thanks so much for listening and supporting. You can check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Files. This podcast is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Tune in. Oh, all the places we will go and i am working on some t-shirts stick by uh t public we're trying to do i'm I'm getting there i'm getting there (laughs) i can give you a sticker that's what that's what i got right now the stickers have come in first um but more things coming thank you guys for listening follow me at catnapsuck get uh get into twitch with me guys and uh, play hang out while i play some baseball and some star wars that's what we do getting the brand out there so parker can be proud of me (laughs) always proud of you that's it. Thank you. Uh, that's it. For, uh, it's, no, really, seriously, I'm glad this happened. And it took a while on yeah. my end. Uh, a couple emails on my end where I'm like, I'm going to bring you in. Uh, you can't do you it can't. for a while. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> that's I'm how free. life goes. I don't have a social life. So, so am I because <laughs> I don't have no job. That's it, guys. We'll see you next week here on the Knapsack Files. <laughs>